Hello and welcome back to the Shana Key podcast. My name is Brendan McGlynn. On this podcast, we share tales and myths and legends and anything, anything to do with sharing stories and experiences, really. On today's podcast, I'm very happy to say that we have Malachi back with us. He's sharing another one of his many spooky encounters that he's had. Potentially, we're also going to work on hearing more of Malachi because he's such a great storyteller and he loves the spooks. And I think I might be trying to incorporate him a little bit more going forward as well. Um, But you have to stay tuned to find out what that is. I just want to thank everybody for all the support in the first few podcasts that we put out and say sorry for taking so long to put these out because people have asked me a lot about when they're coming and it's taken ages because life's busy and all these things but we're here now. I'm currently looking at at a very snowy Letterkenny in Donegal and it's very nice. The snow is dropping very softly in the window and it's lovely um it's just the day before new year's 2020 and i've never been so happy to say goodbye to a year as i have this year um but it's been a year of a lot of firsts too which has been really good so yes um on to malachi's story um it's very interesting it takes place in a really historically significant place in Dublin that I've actually never been to but I will now definitely go um, yeah so here he is with the Sandy Man his own experience in his own words there's a building in Dublin uh, a house 6 Hardcore Street I mean it's better known to many people as Shea Shra Jarker it was like originally built in like the 1760s something like that a uh, big kind of Georgian mansion, like, you know, and it was like a, a wealthy Bastonian family lived there. I think their son was killed at the Battle of Waterloo. You know, say, like, 70 years after that, Cardinal Newman was living there when he was found in UCD. And he even built a, a church in this house, you know. Then it became, like, a British Army training school, randomly enough, for, like, 20 odd years but by the time of the uh, War of Independence uh, and the Easter Rising and all that it had actually become Sinn Féin's headquarters and Sinn Féin's bank so like you know Arthur Griffith Michael Collins Countess Markovich all those like they would have been passing through there regularly like you know Black and Tans raided this place at at 6 Hardcore Street plenty of photos and you know of all the place smashed up or whatever people like in Tahirpurik or Dineen live there like these are people who like wrote the Irish Dictionary or one of them anyway like you know because it was the headquarters of Conor Nagoyalga as well you know steeped in history like you know Michael Collins used to hide out the back from the from the black and tans all that sort of stuff like you know I think the order was passed down for the provisional doll to be formed from uh, 6 Hardcore Street quite a significant building in in Irish history like you know and like a vast array of different characters living in it down the years um, and then in 1969 like a kind of a, a club or whatever you know uh, they opened a bar 
in the basement of this house. And I worked in that bar for two years. Club Conor na Gaelga, the Conra on Harcourt Street. Like, you know, loads of people around Dublin would know it well. It's the Irish-speaking bar. And anybody that's worked in that bar will tell you many stories, do you know? The thing is, like, you know, you would have been there by yourself a lot. Like, some nights it would be dead quiet. And, like, you know, you might see two or three people. Some nights you wouldn't even serve anybody. Like, I remember there were a couple of nights there where I sat there the whole night and didn't serve anybody, like, and then just went home. Because that was just, just the nature of it, like, you know, I mean, it was a kind of a private members club. So you had to buzz people in on the door, like, you know. But then other nights it would be crazy busy, like. Yeah, one of the first nights, I think, I was just kind of sitting there, and if you know the Cunner at all, it's like, you know, bar kind of splits the room. In the main part, there's like a snug down at the end of that. Like, which is kind of a separate room. And like, you know, you could just just hear somebody walking around in there. Um, just footsteps, you know. And they'd tell you that it was like, you know, oh, don't mind the footsteps. It's Conor Nguelga have their offices above the, the pub, like, you know. And, and they're always working late, which they were, like, you know. And, and so they would have been moving around a bit up there. But at the same time, there's a bookshop directly above the pub. And that was closed at like six o'clock every day. You know, these are old buildings. So like, you know, there's wood moves, pipes moves and all. But it's like, you can tell if footsteps are coming from overhead. Or if they're in the same room, do you know? Uh, and these ones were definitely in the same room. Like any any of the bar staff tell you. Like, you know, I mean, I remember one lad in particular. He said he was there one night and footsteps came running up towards him other other people on the staff had stories like I remember there was one girl in particular in the bar there's a screen where you can see people you know so that you can buzz them in it's down in the basement like so you'd come down steps and then the person would see you on the screen let them in whatever so one night this girl was there on her own and sure enough she noticed a fella sitting at the bottom of the steps or maybe he was standing like you know this man and this wasn't out of the ordinary at all like you know a lot of the time people would come down paced from coppers looking for a lock in or whatever you know so you had to be really careful to get the door locked good and early like you know there was a phone there as well like you know so I think she she just picked up the phone and she was like oh sorry man we're closed you know and like he didn't move so then at that point she went out out to him they kind of had to tell him to, to move on like you know and she went out and sure enough he was gone walked back into the bar and he was still there on the screen she ran out off the pub, left the whole place open. Got in big trouble. Boy, she she ran out of there and left the whole place open. Um, her dad had to come in and get her. That was one of her stories. As well with any ghost stories, you know, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because you weren't there. Um, but then, the longer I worked there, the more stories... It was the All-Ireland Hurling final. 2011, I'd say. 
there was like maybe five or six of us there to watch it. Pub wouldn't usually be open, it only opened at night, like, you know. But I remember definitely one guy who was there, and he would be able to verify this for sure. You know those service bells that you have in, like, hotels or whatever, you know, you hit them and you go ding, ding, whatever. So they had a few of those in the country, you know. And about 20 minutes in to the match, maybe, I heard this sound. It sounded almost like, do you know the way, again, a common pub sound, when, like, you know, the pipes start going, like, start making that noise, like, do you know? This was a, it was a lighter, quieter version of that. It's just a tone. It was like, and it was coming from the bell. And, you know, myself and the lads were there, and we were like, what is that? And, like, literally, we were, I put my ear up to the bell. Like, it was coming from the bell. And uh, it was as if the bell was vibrating by itself and creating this frequency. Then it would stop. And it happened probably four or five times over the course of the game. It was at the point where it was just kind of like, ha, that's the ghost, you know. It was kind of a running joke at that stage because it had just become commonplace, like, really, like, you know. And, like, this is a place where, like, you know, it'd be half two in the morning and you'd be in there and because it's a basement, there's no light coming in from the street, like, you'd be in there in the pitch black and you wouldn't be scared because you're just kind of used to it. The only time I was ever scared and it's never, it's a feeling I've never had since. I was just sitting there behind the bar by myself, nobody else in the place. I just felt like I was being watched. I never believed in that feeling. And I don't know if I do now. I'd probably been working in there like a year and a half at this stage. And there was one night, it would have been a Monday night, you know. So it was quiet. And I was working. So as I said, the bar splits the room. It's kind of like a long room. Two thirds of the room are to one side of the bar and a third is behind it. And then there's a a corridor uh, parallel to it, you know. And there's an archway from the corridor into the longer part of the room that you can see out from the bar, you know. Anybody who's been in the corner will be familiar with that, you know. And anyway, there was three fellas at the bar and myself. And one of the fellas was giving us a song. Like, sure enough, when he was singing the song, grand, I was kind of looking around me a bit, you know. And I caught the arch and a black figure just went past it. As if they were leaving, you know? And, like, my first instinct was, shit, somebody's got it in the back entrance. Which would happen the odd time, you know? Like, I mean, you'd have students or young fellas trying to sneak into the bar and there was a back way that you could get in, so you did have to be kind of careful and that's why the front door was always locked. So I got up and, like, this is thinking back how I know, like, no, I definitely did. I saw it because I got up in the middle of your man's song and, like, raced out shit somebody snuck in nobody there front door locked back door completely locked there was nobody there and I went back into these men and um, like I, I kind of I had to apologise to your man because I like I literally just got up and walked off in the middle of his song it was kind of rude and I was like I just saw something but it was like, a, you know, goosebumps. 
hair standing on the neck, you know, and like that sort of stuff just doesn't happen unless something has happened. But anyway, the the next night I was working, um, the manager Joseph, who's no longer with us, he was there and he was talking to Porrick Nugent, a man who had been involved in the corner for a long time. But he was chatting to Joseph. The two of them were there talking at the main door, at the bottom of this corridor. And I went up to Joseph and I said, Joseph, I saw the ghost. And Porrick Nugent, before I said a word about what I'd seen, he cut right across me and he goes, I was working here as a barman in 1991 and when I was locking up, I locked up this corridor and a figure in black came up all the way the corridor and just disappeared right in front of me. This is before I'd said a word of what I'd seen. And Porrick Nugent said, he's called the Sandyman. Go in and look at the logo of Sandyman Port. And I went in and I looked at the logo on the Sandyman Port and it was like pretty much exactly what I saw. Then I told them my story, what I'd seen. And the thing that I'd seen had followed the exact same path as what Porrick Nugent had seen in 1991. And they even had a nickname for it, the Sandyman. And it looked exactly like the Sandyman. They reckon it's Antahar Porrick O'Dinian, a priest who lived there. Not sure when. Uh, but he wrote an Irish dictionary and he lived there for a while. Or else it could be Cardinal Newman definitely looked like it would have been somebody of the cloth because they look kind of like vestments or whatever but yeah that's the only time that I could claim that I've actually seen a ghost well I definitely would not be going back in there in a hurry if I was Malachy but also I love it <laughs> um, yeah it seems like a really interesting building to even just be able to like work in and like be in all the time it's so tied into Irish history um and to then have those kind of experiences in it kind of adds another dimension to to it as well and to happen to so many different people with all these different experiences in the one place I think is what makes it the most interesting because it's not just one person saying one thing it's loads of different people and different experiences through the years and like those experiences linking up like Malachi's did with the guys that used to work there and stuff and yeah it's pretty pretty incredible um thank you very much Malachi for sending that in and this podcast kind of survives on people submitting stories and sharing their experiences a few people that I kind of talked to were a little bit reluctant on sharing them just because maybe they were personal or they didn't feel comfortable recording them themselves at home or, you know, all the things that go along with that. But just want you to know that if you have anything at all, you can even just send it in to us and we're finding ways around people having to say it themselves if they don't want to. You can just send us a really cool or interesting experience that you know someone had or an aunt and uncle or reach out to somebody else or whatever it is and we can 
we're going to get people to like voice act them basically too so the option is there no matter what what you're thinking so yes please please do share this spreads on word of mouth and the more people that listen to it and are into it and want to be involved the better would be great so please share and like on all the platforms and if you have experiences or know anybody with any um of any kind even not even necessarily supernatural nature but just like an interesting story of something that happened or a remarkable situation you got yourself into uh, or whatever open to everything the email is shanaki.podcast at gmail.com and you can also get me on aner.band on instagram just give me a shout in any of those places and thanks Emil, for listening and happy new year <laughs>